Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well. Because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce my first book is now in print. The title is Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your Fatigue with Natural Treatments. I've discovered 14 root causes of fatigue. I like to call them the fatigue factors. And in this book, I explain eight of the 14. I've had some amazing feedback on how easy it is to read and understand. It's not full of technical doctory language like most books written by doctors are. And of course, the book also includes my own personal fatigue story, along with four other stories from real fatigue cases from my private practice. It's available in paperback and Kindle form, so if you'd like a copy, you can find it on Amazon or on my website at drcarry.com. That's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. I'm very excited about this week's show because my special guest is Dr. Tracy Marks. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Tracy is author of the book, Master Your Sleep, Proven Methods Simplified. She's a psychiatrist with 18 years experience and helps women jump off the hamster wheel and manage their life so that they can actually enjoy it. As a working mom herself, Dr. Tracy noticed that her patients and friends were seeking solutions to help them avoid burnout. She's the creator of Beyond Burnout, a resource for working moms, and she's the host of the Beyond Burnout Working Moms podcast. Plus, she also has a private practice in Atlanta. Dr. Tracy, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm really looking forward to talking with you, and I'm also looking forward to reading your book. Oh, thank you so much. So, and, and, oh, go, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Tracy. Well, the reason, yeah, here I, I'm just going to take over here. No, um, the reason I'm looking forward to it is because fatigue is such a huge thing. Um, that's where we have a, a big crossover. Yes. Um, you were just introducing me talking about burnout and things, and that's like one of the cardinal symptoms. One of the, the first things people will complain about is just being tired all the time. Oh, my gosh, you're practically reading my mind, Dr. Tracy. So can you explain to our listeners what is burnout exactly? Because I think they've all heard of it, but I'm not sure they really know what it is and and how is it formally diagnosed? Yeah, so um, there's a lot of overlap between burnout and depression, but 
the burnout, um, there's different researchers that have uh, one in particular that has a set of criteria. I'm, I'm going to exclude like a formal definition and look at what it looks like more just to the average person and kind of in okay. generally speaking. So there's a physical part and there's a mental part. The physical part is feeling exhausted, um, not having much energy, maybe even getting sick, um, like having colds and things like that, recurring colds. The, the, the mental part is um, having not having much um, enthusiasm about the things that you're doing. You may even just feel like, what's the point? And you've just kind of, it's almost like you've just deflated a balloon. You just have lost your get up and go with things. And you can see this in people who are pushed and pushed and pushed, particularly in a work setting, but it can be a combination of work and personal obligations without seeing a lot of gratification from the things that they're working toward. Because it's much easier for people to just keep pushing forward if they're getting something positive back. But when you're giving and giving and giving and still not really seeing much reward from it, that's when people start to get burned out. That makes so much sense. So like you were saying, giving and giving and giving, but not seeing the reward or not, not even, you know, having a smile or like a pat on the back or, hey, thanks. I know you're working hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> like those little things can yeah. are big. They are big. Just a little thing here and there. It doesn't have to be that, say, in the workspace that you're, you, you know, you have a million dollar or six figure launch. I mean, it could be just the pat on the back, like you said, or great job. I really appreciate you. And it's so easy as we get busy to not do those things and not get them back either. So I can, I can totally see uh, from my life and, and I think probably a lot of our listeners are probably having like the same aha moment right now is that um, for us as individuals, whether it's our professional lives or in our, or in our personal lives, that it really is important to recognize other people. Oh, totally, totally. Um, you see this in your, it, I think it's most evident you could see this in your children, that how your children really do need that um, great job, that affirmation, but and that's how we are raised, and we're raised to need that. But once we become adults, we just kind of drop all of that, and we still need that kind of affirmation and validation. Okay, so I know you work a lot with working moms. What are some of the biggest causes of burnout amongst working moms? Like, is this one of them? So this is one of them as far as... Um, uh, kind of being on the hamster wheel, as you mentioned earlier, in both the work setting and then having coming home to a second shift job of cooking, maybe even cleaning, helping with homework, getting kids ready for bed, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's by the time you add those two together, you're talking about a 16-hour day or so. Um, but also, some of the things that I think really accelerate this process are when people take shortcuts with their physical health, particularly sleep. Absolutely. So I was just thinking about that. How does sleep or, or let's see here, what's my question? Do people that have burnout, do they usually sleep too much or are they not getting enough sleep or, or how does sleep relate to the burnout? So 
I think sleep is one of those things that we just easily see as expendable. Or if I've got more to do today, I'll just sleep less. I'll go to bed later or get up earlier. But And I'll have more coffee. And I'll just have more coffee <laughs> or more Adderall or whatever. Yeah. So, and don't get me started on using stimulants to keep going. But um, so usually when people are working too hard, they sleep less. And the average amount of sleep that uh, different studies, including the National Sleep Foundation, have established that adults need, it's between seven and nine hours. Mm-hmm. And so in studies that show physical problems because of not sleeping enough, um, it's usually anything under six or less or even over 10 hours. So long sleepers even have more physical problems. But to answer your question, usually people just start sleeping less. So six hours, five hours, four hours, staying up late. um, And that really affects both the mind as well as your body because chronic sleep deprivation results in elevated cortisol levels in your body. And I know you know what elevated cortisol levels lead to lots of uh, physical and mental problems. Yeah, so for our listeners out there, cortisol is the hormone that our body makes to try and help protect us from the negative effects of stress. And then once cortisol starts to get out of balance, well, that affects 12 different body systems, and that has like a whole domino effect. It has a whole snowball effect. I know you're in Atlanta and you don't want to hear about snowballs, but (laughs) it has a whole snowball effect in your body. You know, I just have to interject this for one second. I grew up in Florida and I never, I'd watch the cartoons where you could start with a little pea rolling down a a snow slope and then it turns into this huge thing. And I never got how that happens until we had a big snow fall here and I noticed that you could lift the snow up almost like a like a, a blanket or something, and it just created this huge ball. So it took me 40 years to really understand <laughs> the whole snowball effect. I, didn't, I really didn't know what that was. <laughs> well, I'm in Canada. I'm in Ottawa, and it's considered the snowiest, coldest capital of the mm. world. Mm. And in my... Uh, in my front yard there, the snow bank, you know, from shoveling the snow from the driveway gets to be on average six feet tall Ooh, during the winter time. That's a person's height. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's good exercise. Okay. That's true. <laughs> okay, so, um, I, you know, Dr. Tracy, I would love if you could delve a little bit into the stimulants because I know for me personally – I've struggled on and off with coffee. I've had an addiction to these ice caps. And right now I'm totally off caffeine. It's going on three weeks now. So can you talk about the different stimulants that people use and why are they so bad? Yeah, okay. So this this is another reason I see people burning out is using stimulants as like um, performance enhancing drugs to be able to do push their bodies further than their bodies really want to go. It starts with the low level non prescription things that you could just get yourself like coffee, um, which has the caffeine in it, which is the stimulant or sodas that also have caffeine. So anything non prescription, the main stimulant in it in it is caffeine. And um, caffeine, um, without getting too detailed, 
um, stimulates dopamine in the brain and things like that. So that's kind of how you can get um, the feedback in your brain of, I need more of this, thank you for this, and, you know, we call it reward. Um, Aside from, and usually when people drink too much or ingest too much caffeine, they have, they notice that um, not only are they more alert, but they also can feel jittery or feel uncomfortable. So it's not that hard to, to gauge when you've had too much. The prescription stimulants, on the other hand, which are also very popular for people to either get from their doctor or to um, get off the internet, um, are things like Adderall, which is in the the, um, amphetamine category, or things like Ritalin. And I can't tell you how many adults I will see, even though, well, let me just say, So we normally use these stimulants to treat children with attention problems because we know that when you use these stimulants, it helps people who really do have ADHD um, connect their thoughts together better. Well, you can have uh, adult form of ADHD that tends to be a little bit milder, but those people typically had problems as children, too, whether or not they got on medication. But I can't tell you how many people I will see as, say, 35-year-old, 40-year-old adults who are now saying, I can't concentrate, and feel like, you know, I really think I have ADD. I probably had it as a kid, but I'm just not getting my work done. And when I delve deeper, they're not getting their work done. They're not sleeping. They're, they've just got too many projects going on. They're short-handed at work, so they're working longer hours. You know, I'll tell people, you don't want to be on something that allows you to be at peak form at 10 o'clock at night. No one should be at peak form at 10 o'clock at night if you started working at 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay, so... You're, you're giving us a ton of great information. So talking about burnout and how a lot of people start cheating on their sleep so that they can have more time during their day. And then because they're tired during the day, they start taking stimulants. A lot of it is caffeine and sugar. Um, some of them go beyond that and taking uh, medical stimulants like Ritalin and Adderall. So for the listeners out there right now who are like, I think... I think I might be heading towards a burnout. What kind of information can you give them so that they can start having more sleep? And and I think, too, from my private practice at Functional Medicine Ontario, I've had people, they're like, Dr. Carrier, are you going to make me quit like coffee on the first visit because I can't do that? You know, and I say, no, we're not going to do that on day one, but that, you know, we're working towards that. So what are some of the things that people can start doing now? Okay. So there's a lot of factors involved in how your body functions during the day and your ability to sleep at night. So I usually say the first place to start is with your sleep, is having a regular bedtime. Because often I will ask people, what, what time do you go to bed? And they'll say, well, it depends. Well, it shouldn't depend. It can fluctuate maybe a half an hour, hour at most. But you should not have this wide swinging, oh, it could be 10, it could be midnight, it could be 2 a.m., it just depends. So you set a bedtime, and that time that you set needs to be between 7 to 9 hours from the time you need to get up. 
How do you know whether it should be seven hours versus nine hours? See how long you sleep when you're on vacation or on a a, a long weekend when there's no alarm clocks. How much sleep do you really need to feel rested? From that point, and and this might sound very self-evident, but it really makes a difference to prioritize sleep as something you prepare for. You prepare for bedtime as opposed to it just kind of happens upon you because you just kind of conked out with the remote in your hand. So once you set a bedtime, now you are making sleep a priority. The hour before bed, you you actually do a preparation, a wind-down period, because you can't, say, be on email and paying bills 10 minutes before you want the lights out, because your mind, if your mind's working too hard just before bed, it's going to still be working hard. Um, It's just kind of like your physical body. It's easier to appreciate that um, when you've worked too hard physically because your body hurts. But your mind can work too hard, too, to the point where when you're ready to go to bed, it just won't stop. It just won't settle down. So this is, I mean, there's lots of little um, tweaks and things people can make to sleep better. But just on a general level, this is the place to start, is to start with a bedtime, start to prepare an hour before bedtime where you turn off all your electronics and you start preparing for bed. I totally agree with you, Dr. Tracy, with with all the patients that come to see me with fatigue, and especially for those that feel like they're on the verge of burning out. I agree with you. The first thing to work on is just sleep, getting good quality sleep and good quantity sleep. <laughs> so important. <laughs> yes. And like you said, a lot of this is like self-evident, but I think it's really good to have these little reminders because you never know that like that little thing that you're not doing. Okay, so now start doing it because it can have a big impact. Yes, absolutely. And another thing that I will say to people is that what you do during the daytime matters as far as what happens at night and your ability to either fall asleep or stay asleep. So if you have this crazy day of high stress, you never have any downtime, it's going to be harder for you to have a good restful night's sleep. And we don't always make that connection. We just feel like, okay, the day's over. Oops, it's 11. Let me just turn out the light. But so if your day is it's too crammed with high-stress mental work, it's going to be harder to fall asleep later. So what I normally recommend as a step two to this whole plan of, of feeling better, step one is make sleep your priority and set a bedtime. Step two would be to um, take a break in the middle of the day, like it could even be 10 or 15 minutes to just break up your mental, um, your, your mental activity, kind of like reboot, rebooting your computer, just that little bit of mental downtime can enhance your effectiveness in the afternoon. I like that idea. I was actually, um, I was actually being interviewed by Melissa Curtis this week, and we were kind of talking about a similar subject. And she had said that she personally, like a lot of people come home from work and they have like the cocktail hour and that's what they do to relax, but it's actually (laughs) not helping you. Um, It's actually doing more damage. Uh, So she said instead of doing the cocktail hour, she switched it to the relaxation hour. And she does this whole set of things 
specifically just to take care of herself, take some time for herself and to relax. So she'll do like meditation, she'll breathe in some lavender, all kinds of different things just to kind of calm the body down and relax. And like you said, calm the mind down. Yes, she and I are sisters. That's that's what I do. Um, The lavender, I'm a huge proponent of aromatherapy. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. It's like you're decompressing uh, your mind, which is important because your mind is your like computer processor. And it if you don't treat it well, it will not treat you well, and you'll pay the consequences. Exactly. So can you explain to our listeners about binaural beats? What is that? Can you explain it in simple language? And, and how can binaural beats help us relax and sleep better? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to try and make this as simple as possible. Binaural beats, or another term for them, or binaural tones, are... Um, it's, it's, it's the product, um, it's, it's a tone that your brain makes in response to hearing two different tones of two different frequencies. So what I mean by this is, normally when we hear a sound, if we hear something in one ear, like a dog barking in your right ear, and then in your left ear you hear a horn honking or some other noise, your brain just knows how to block out one tone or or receive them as two separate sounds that you're hearing. Okay. If you hear two sounds in both ears that are so close together in frequency um, that it's hard to tell the difference between the two, the brain will just subtract those two frequencies and create another tone that's kind of the difference between those two frequencies. Okay. So if you hear something, say that, say, uh, I don't know, um, 300 hertz, let's say. But, well, let me, let me just say, that, that, that subtracted or that difference in those two beats um, with binaural beats, that whole thing is orchestrated so that you hear something that then your brain will make this third beat that corresponds to the frequency of slow waves in your brain. What that means is when we're thinking, your brain is moving at a certain speed. When you are, especially if you're hard thinking, if you're sitting listening to music and you're kind of relaxed, your brain is moving a little bit slower. If you are asleep, your brain is even slower. So with the binaural beats, the music is is. Um, composed in a way that you listen to it and then your brain hears these two separate frequencies through stereo headphones and it creates this third tone in your inside your head that's the same as if you were in a relaxed state and that tone kind of makes the rest of your brain waves slow down kind of like having food and having a group of puppies just kind of follow you around your brain creates this this third tone in your head, and the rest of your brain goes, oh, okay, and they adjust and slow down to correspond to that third tone. So that's the science behind it. Another way of putting it is that it's a way of creating a relaxed state in your mind by listening to music. So you listen to this music, 
the music is 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 manufactured to have these two separate tones and all of this business that you you're not really aware of. You just kind of hear the sound, but then your brain hears it and goes, ah, okay, and it adjusts and slows down. Okay, so here's a, the next question for you. Do people listen to this kind of all day long or do they listen to it before bed? Should they listen to it while they're driving so they don't have road rage? (laughs) (laughs) I would recommend that this is one of those things people can listen to to relax the decompress in the middle of the day thing that I mentioned, 10 minutes of it, um, before bed to relax. I wouldn't recommend it during driving because it could make you, I wouldn't, it could make too you relaxed. too relaxed. <laughs> yeah, you need to, you know, don't operate heavy machinery, that kind of stuff. So this would be something that you could do to help you relax, whether it be in the middle of the day or right before bed. I know there are a lot of listeners out there that try and multitask, but sometimes multitasking will get you in trouble. So just like this, you don't want to listen to this while you're in the car and texting at the same time. (laughs) Right, right. None of that. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Dr. Tracy, this has been such a great interview. So um, let's try and get a little bit more information. We we have maybe five minutes left here. Um, What about using something like uh, meditation? Oh, I love meditation. So, you know, I'm in the South, I'm in Atlanta, and the, the, the significance is that is here, here it's the, we, you know, we call it the Bible Belt in the South, and meditation has this connotation of being something that's Eastern religion, and that will turn a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but there doesn't have to be anything religious about meditation. There can be, there's lots of Buddhist type meditations, all of that, but Basic mindfulness is a type of meditation that is non-religious, non-spiritual. And really all it is, is making yourself be present in the moment. And that might be another one of those self-evident things like, well, of course I'm present in the moment. Where do you think I'm where I am? Well, most of the time we're not. You're driving, you're thinking about your grocery list, or you're thinking about what you have to do when you get home. You have your phone and you want to check a text. That is not being in the moment. An example of being in the moment while you're driving, for example, is noticing how your hands feel on the steering wheel. Is it hot? Is it made out of leather? Is it sticky? What's the the color of the sky? How does the air smell? That is being in the moment. And the more you're in the moment and the more you can make your brain kind of focus in on the moment, the more relaxed you can become and the more calming you, you are than when you are, your mind is scattered on a lots of different things. And probably become a better driver too. Yes. <laughs> Stop yelling at people and swerving. Oh, no, that, that made me think of how many times I either drive to the office or I drive home from the office and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I even arrive here? Like, what just happened in the last 10 minutes? (laughs) I know. Because I am not present. Yeah. Yes, that's really scary. (laughs) (laughs) So Dr. Tracy, what is your favorite meditation to do? My favorite meditation probably is the, either the binaural beats, listening to those, 
or listening to um, guided imagery. And that's where I'm listening to someone walk me through a pleasant scene where I'm um, visualizing all these little details because I'm not good at creating those thoughts myself because I will get distracted and start thinking about other things on my to-do list. Uh So I'm not good at just quiet my mind. I've got to, I've got to listen to someone or listen to something. So those are probably the two easiest ones for me to do. I know the the one that's easiest for me to do because meditation is like exercise for your brain and it's it's about trying to find the one that works for you. And the uh, the one that I like to do personally is um I I take a deep breath in and I imagine uh my favorite color coming into my body and just flooding my body and then I hold my breath and then when I breathe out, I breathe out either blackness or a color that I hate. And so just like focusing on just the colors so like good energy coming in and bad energy leaving my body that's a simple one that really works for me oh that's great I love that yeah that's one that, because it's 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 very basic and it's only really two things you've got to think about mm-hmm. now there there are so many different ways to meditate and for our listeners out there you could do a simple internet search and find like a million pages on me- meditation um, but I urge you to try and figure out one that you like to do and that works for you and also to consider putting an appointment in your electronic schedule for you to do and to be accountable that you do it for maybe just five minutes every day like just as a place to start what do you think about that Dr. Tracy? I think that's an excellent idea because it's so achievable. Five minutes goes by just like that, but five minutes can make a big difference when it comes to just relaxing your mind. Yeah, five minutes added up day after day, week after week, month after month can have a huge impact on your health. And that's that's just one thing. And we're not even talking about diet and stress management and exercise and all of the rest of it. No, we're not. And, and the other key part about that is it's a pattern interrupt issue. So it's not so much that you've got to do 30 minutes of this. It's even that five minutes interrupts the pattern of I got to do this, do, do this, do this, do this, and all these other things that you're thinking about and calms your mind. Oh, Dr. Tracy, I would love to just keep chatting with you today, but we are running out of time. How can our listeners find out more about you? Where can they get your book? Where is your podcast? Are you on Facebook? Tell us all the juicy details. Sure. (laughs) So I'm one of those people. I am in a lot of places, but my book is called Master Your Sleep, and it can be found on Amazon as well as Barnes & Noble. The best place for me as far as website is my beyondburnout.com website. There's links there to connect to my podcast, which you can find on iTunes um, or Stitcher as well. And um, and I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Those are probably the two main places where I hang out. And my ID for both of those is Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, Marks, M-A-R-K-S-M-D, like medical doctor. Okay, so for our listeners out there, I'll make sure that all of those links are in our podcast notes on the website. Dr. Tracy, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. 
Yes, it was fun. Thank you so much. All right. That wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Tracy Marks. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another great episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carrie.